Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's time. We had a hot time. Together, together. Yes, it's a hot time. We had a hot time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. I'm recording today's show from my favorite screened-in porch, watching the leaves dance and listening to the birds sing. Now, I've got pretty good mics. I don't know if you can hear all of that. But there are much quieter places we could possibly record this interview. But in celebration of spring, it felt necessary to just hit record on this porch time smoke sesh with my friend Kathy. Join us as we celebrate curiosity and cannabis and the growing pains of finding your way. Speaking of growing pains, this podcast is covered by MJ Relief. The Muscle Rub, PhD formulated for what aches and pains you. And this week, we'll hear from Angela. Listen to her story of relief. I've been using MJ Muscle Rub now for, I don't know, maybe about six months. And man, what a lifesaver. I am 55 in my birth certificate and I'm 35 in my head. So I still love to run and hike and, you know, just continue to work out like crazy, but I get a little bit more aches and pains than I used to. And I just use the the muscle rub, especially at night, right before I go to bed. And oh, I feel like a new person the next day that can go out and go for another run. So thanks for keeping me up and at them and letting my body match what my mind thinks it can do. If you're feeling Angela's pain and want some muscle and joint relief of your own, head over to mjskinrelief.com and order a tube for you and another one for a hardworking woman in your life. That's mjskinrelief.com. And if you're already a fan of MJ Relief, please send a video or voice memo and let me share your story of relief on the podcast. And tag at MJ Skin Relief if you want to give us some love on social. 
the Sustainability Roll-Up is presented by OCB Rolling Papers. In perfect harmony with natural, sustainable practices, it's always been the OCB signature to provide the highest quality, responsibly sourced, and sustainably crafted rolling papers. Bamboo has been a darling of the sustainability movement for decades and used by humans as both a food and natural resource for thousands of years. Bamboo is one of the most persistent and versatile grasses on the planet and requires little water. And compared to an equivalent tree mass, bamboo produces 35% more oxygen, and research has shown that bamboo can absorb as much as 12 tons of carbon dioxide per hectare per year. That's a lot of carbon sequestration for a naturally renewing grass. When harvested, bamboo regrows from its own root system, which is convenient as hell and excellent for soil health. The shallow roots of the bamboo creates a fibrous network underground, which helps to hold the soil together. By not disturbing the roots between harvests, the soil conditions, the microenvironment, and the water absorption continues to improve. Another cool thing about bamboo is that it is both light and strong. Stronger than steel, in fact. I read that bamboo has a tensile strength of 28,000 pounds per square inch, where steel only has a tensile strength of 23,000 pounds per square inch. And it grows exceptionally fast. Some varietals can grow up to four feet per day. And bamboo can be made into anything from homes to rolling papers. Last year, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling papers and cones that have been taking the market by storm. OCB bamboo is harvested responsibly, is highly sustainable, chlorine-free, dye-free, bleach-free, GMO-free, and vegan. You'll love OCB even more because they make no-tear, even-burning rolling papers with natural, always-stick acacia gum grown in African fields that OCB has been reforesting for decades. Of course, you must be 21 and older to buy OCB rolling papers and to follow at OCB underscore USA on social. I've loved the OCB bamboo cones, but... I've put them on the shelf as I master the classic art of hand-rolling my joints. If you're a grown-up joint-rolling novice, I invite you to learn the craft alongside me. Catch the Roll With Me video series lighting up on the Casually Baked YouTube channel. The next episode is Thursday at 4.20 p.m. Pacific Time. I'll also be getting these videos up on my IGTV channel, but subscribe to Casually Baked on YouTube for the live streams. And have no fear, if you haven't bought your school supplies yet, there's still time. Visit ocbusa.com backslash baked to get four booklets of OCB and a rolling tray for only $4.99. This bundle is worth 20 bucks and is around for a limited time. But the rolling skills and street cred will earn, my friend, makes this bundle priceless. As for you OGs who can roll a joint while multitasking, I challenge you to sample the entire line of OCB products and let me know your favorite. Ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers.
You'll find links to the OCB special offer as well as an interest form for joining me on an episode of Roll With Me in the podcast 184 show notes at casuallybaked.com. Whether you're new to cannabis or newly empowered to carve your own path, this podcast is for you. It's also for anyone ready to try their hand at mixing both Eastern and Western influences for DIY cannabis wellness. So have a seat in our smoke circle and get ready to stoke your creative fires. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one Kathy, thank you for inviting me to sit on this beautiful porch with you. You're welcome. Love I, it here. Well, I always love it when you visit. <laughs> yes, yes. And we had such a lovely walk this morning and talked through the vineyards. And I just was like, you know, I want to share your story. Right now, the spring, you like things are changing, things are blossoming. You know, people are feeling empowered to make some changes, do some things. We've all been in this like weird year plus hibernation. I'd like to share your inspiring story about how your relationship with cannabis has blossomed and all the fun stuff you've got going on now. Well, it's interesting how you ask where you mentioned our year and a half of isolation. And in fact, my isolation began almost seven years ago when my husband suddenly had a massive stroke, my life dramatically changed through a series of very devastating events, his recovery, a lawsuit with his sister, and being very financially fearful to some incredible good luck. And during this time, we had our house on the market on and off several times. And I'm helping my husband recover, and it, it was very difficult, and I suddenly had to take over the running of this ranch and vineyard, knowing nothing about it because I'd been isolated from the business my whole married life of 32 years or something. And responsibilities changed in my life, and I had a, a lot of pain in my lower back, and I got to the point where I was having to have injections twice a year, um, and they'd have to put me out. Uh, they'd be in my L4 and 5. And I, I got to the point I couldn't walk. And in fact, I had to have one of these injections two days after my husband had his stroke. While my husband was recovering in the hospital, he w was given acupuncture several times, and it was pretty amazing how it gave him clarity. And so I started to try it. And at the same time, our life became very settled here on this property. Even though we had it on the market, we were having to do a lot of, you know, replacing a septic tank, a furnace, um, some major expenses. And I had to handle all of this. We had disasters, along with three fire years in a row. And through all of this, I was getting frustrated with using all this pain medication, this Western pain medication, even though the acupuncture was helping. So... Uh, a lot of people suggested trying cannabis salves. So we started using them, my husband and I, and we, we loved it. We didn't love the price. Crazy, but it, it was incredibly effectual. And at that time, we could have California medical cannabis licenses, or not licenses, what were those called? Your medical cannabis card? card yeah. Yeah. And 
around this time, this is three or so years ago, um, my husband, we weren't aware of it, but he had a second stroke. And so he became a lot more limited in his uh, movement. It was in his left lower side. And my husband and I moved to a cottage on the property, and I rented out the large house, a seven-bedroom house over 100 years old. I had to do something because we have very high property taxes, and uh, growing grapes hasn't been profitable for almost a decade. It's just, it's difficult for small grape growers. And I thought, you know, we should maybe figure out about growing our own cannabis. And about this time, we'd become very good friends with a acupuncturist, and she gave me six plants. They were about maybe three feet high. They were well-grown. And frankly, we have people on our property that were really excited to tend the cannabis. So the first year, we planted these six plants. They were clones. I really didn't understand what I had. They were THC plants primarily. And they had been planted about three or so weeks. I went to visit my mother, who is in a an assisted living place. And the nurse she had at the time was, I don't know what you call it, she's a cannabis nurse, in addition to being a regular nurse. And she had told me she just picked up some pure C- high CBD clones from a man Um, she gave me his name and I called him and I felt very adventurous calling for cannabis plants. And, um, I I was a little nervous. I mean, Pete was against cannabis our whole married life. I mean, my, my kids have been sneaking cannabis for two decades. Yeah. And, um, and I knew it, but you know, I was happy drinking for a long time, but that was another thing. I couldn't drink anymore. I couldn't tolerate anything. And, um, that is a very typical problem. Yes. And so this, all this was kind of started around three years ago and I, I hadn't been able to drink wine for about a decade and, but I was drinking just straight martinis and which isn't really great for me. Yeah. Um, really not great for any of us. No, especially our sleeping. No. So that, that wasn't working well. And a couple of things happened. I planted these plants and, and again, I started with these tall clones So it wasn't really planting anything. And they were not big plants, mostly because we planted them in, I think they were 60-gallon cloth bags. My helper really wanted to plant our plants in our soil because it's so good, but we might sell the house and I I wanted to take my cannabis plants with me. I was in the wild, wild west. I didn't know what I was doing, really. And I didn't even know what cannabis plants looked like as they grew, honest Mm -hmm. to God. I mean, I knew the leaves, but so I knew nothing. It, so your first yeah. harvest, like, did you, you barely got any flower or was well, it? Well, the plants were, were, Manuel was, he teased me a lot that they were sickly and small <laughs> and that, you know, I should only buy the varieties he recommends. And I mean, he's, he's, he's hilarious. And when I was a kid, I lived in Mexico, so I speak Spanish fluently. And so we would have these very funny conversations in Spanish. It was wonderful to develop a, a different relationship with this man who had worked for us for 20 odd years. Yeah. And that's his, really nice. and his silent wife. She's the most phenomenal gardener I've, I've ever encountered. Anyway, she's, she's a woman of few words. She's a woman of few words. Anyway, I have a, a very interesting relationship with Oliva. I buy bulbs and seeds and she plants them and then we talk about our flowers and we talk about cats because we have four ranch cats. Back to cannabis. So the first year I had no idea what I was doing, but so along the way when you, when you start growing cannabis, you start 
reading a lot of different things than you, going places you've never been before. So I took off on, besides the growing, because I had people basically growing for me, um, I had to supervise when I wanted to have it cut and how I wanted it hung and all that kind of stuff. But really, I was more interested in learning what can I cook. And at the same time, I was starting the Dr. Gundry program, which is basically no wheat, rice, and it's really an incredible program health-wise. And I really didn't need to lose weight, but I lost a lot of weight. If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. And gained muscle, and I feel stronger than I've ever felt in my life. So at the same time, I'm starting to understand about other kinds of herbs, not just cannabis. And so I started experimenting with making oils with herbs for my garden. I, I made thyme oil. I made porcini oil with my husband's mushrooms that he gathered several years before and had been drying. And I was making all these things with cannabis oil. I even made, um, I would get strawberries and I'd make a cannabis compote. So that first year after the harvest, I had been cooking like a madwoman just creating all these oils, and I wanted to do a cookbook, but I realized that you it's difficult to bake and cook with cannabis food. One, you don't want to heat it past a certain point, or you destroy its effects, or change the effects. Yeah, or, yeah break it. Yeah, break. and two, it's, it's hard to moderate because everyone's so different. So I realized that the real cookbook is showing people how to make sauces and oils and things that then they can, people can add. Yeah, and people can choose their own. Exactly, dose. exactly. So that kind of scooted me away from the food once I'd been there, done that, and I have you know many funny stories of people you know, eating too much of it. I and, do too. Yeah, yeah. And I've it, sent know, people to the like, moon before. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, at one the first time we made cannabis butter, my daughter Sabrina insisted that we separate the ghee from whatever the whey. And so we did, and a very good friend of mine, an old hippie documentary filmmaker, she took the ghee with her up to her house, and I said, you need to mark it. She forgot, and then the next day she called us. She could not make a sentence, and she was high for two days. She sat for about nine hours staring at a fireplace. Bless her heart. Oh, my God. She was so stoned. Yeah, I, just cautionary tales yeah, from so your DIY we, kitchen. Label, 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 and not bad labels. Label, 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 and all you can label is what it does for you. Well, what it is, yes. how much is in it, and if, what it if, does if you for you. you even know, that's the problem. Well, but yeah. 
there is a systematic way of doing there it, is. making a there recipe. Is. There is, I know, and you know, you, but you have to be smart. You have well, to know your canvas, and you have to be willing to experiment because you're not going to get it right the first try. Just like the doctors don't get your medicine right exactly. the first try. Exactly. So from there, someone gave me a great deal of trim. And so I started playing with trim and I started playing with making my own salves. And that f- the first year of making that, I, I have never created bigger messes in my entire life. <laughs> this, so this was four years ago, really, where I started looking at recipes on just as simple as how, how to blend wax. Well, if anyone's ever tried blending beeswax and not knowing, know what they're doing, it, it gets grainy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, it is very problematic. And, and then all of a sudden I entered this world of, oh my God, all these oils uh, have different boiling points and you, and all these uh, other ingredients have different boiling points. For instance, and the cannabinoids and right, the terpenes, and you all have of to, it. You suddenly it was this world that was way more complicated than I ever imagined. But I really started wanting to create things that would make people feel better. And, so my acupuncturist and I, we, we were putting our heads together about that. So the next year comes along and I decide I'm going to grow from seed. I can do this. So I did all this research and I bought my seeds. I got these seed kits with the little dirt sponge pouches in, in the domes and, and I, and I did my first year of those and, um, I did really well. You learned so much when you decided to go from seed, huh? Exactly. So, um, you know, I, that's why I ended up having to get some more seeds because a lot of them turned out to be male, which was a whole nother story was, um, I trusted my, uh, helper to sex the plants, even though I got microscopes and all this stuff and I got this stupid video camera so I could film, you know, you know, all of it was waste of money, but I, I suddenly was really into the growth of this plant. Um, about a decade ago, I'd spent a year photographing grape, the same grape find at the end of a, a row. And so I used a, the beautiful uh, rusting pole as um, a point of reference when, with all the photos as the seasons change. So I began to do the same thing with the cannabis plant, really understanding how it grows. And it's a thing of beauty, just, just like all plants are. See, and I love that curiosity that you have because anything that happens that's new that I don't understand and that I'm magnetized to, like, I just dive in. I want to know everything about it. I want to explore that subject. And, you know, I think so many times people, they're just like, oh, I wonder. And then they just like drop the thought and move on. Right. And so I love that your curiosity has just like continued to deepen. Well, I, you know, suddenly the books in my library, what I spend money on are very different. And so I went from, you know, buying cannabis, how to cook books to starting to buy herbal books. So my first salves were made with Western, not necessarily Western herbs, but with herbs with Western names that I had become familiar with. And so I came up with the concept, okay, I want to make a cream for arthritis. I want to make one for muscle. I suddenly realized that there's all these herbs that do specific things besides cannabis. And cannabis just is is pretty much the big operator, but all these other things support it. Yes. And so I made some salves and I had horrible adventures with mixing them. And I started learning what equipment works, what doesn't work. And that's when I decided to think that I'm going to, it will write a book to talk about 
this is the equipment you need. Don't mess around with other stuff. For if the DIY? For the DIY. There, mm-hmm. There's some equipment that, yes, is expensive in the beginning, but then it will save you so much money because of the amount of cannabis you can leach in, in a very clean way without wasting expensive ingredients if you're buying good oils particularly. Yeah. And um, particularly blending is the most difficult thing. Um, for instance, you shouldn't ever add your essential oils until the, it's very low in temperature. Uh, because it destroys them. And there, there, there's just all these things I've learned every time I cook, every time I try new equipment. And so by the second year, uh, my uh, acupuncturist and I, we started putting our heads together using uh, Chinese herbs. She and her partner are, are also herbalists because they're acupuncturists as right. part of the whole program, which I actually didn't know at the time. So we started making new formulas with the Chinese herbs. And they were leaps and bounds better than just the Western herbs. So that was a discovery. And, and what was wonderful, I have so many friends and family that are happy to help me on this journey and try these different things I'm making and tell me, oh, well, that would be better if you didn't have that smell, for instance. I made one salve with frankincense, and half the people loved it, and the other half, mostly Catholics, hated it. It was ex-Catholics. It was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, so that was two years ago, and then last year, um, I did my seed- seedlings again, and I actually did the transplants myself, and then coronavirus hit. And in the strangest way, my life didn't change that dramatically because my husband doesn't move very quickly, and he's happiest at home. And so I was at home, and I um, by then I become enamored of this property that I'd lived on for almost 34 years and you I didn't started know it. home a different way. Yes, I started, I fell in love with this place I lived. I mean, and I started walking our vineyards every day and I had, if I walked um, every row, it was a little, it was about a three and a half mile hike and I just started feeling differently about the land and uh, last year, you brought me some lovely gifts. You brought me some plants that someone had given to you that attract the bugs uh, away from the cannabis. So the I, pest I, management. I, I planted them next to the, my row of plants, and I had beautiful, beautiful plants last year. They they were really beautiful. Um, and last year, I, I did something new. Instead of being so stressed out about sexing the plants, I, I tried two different companies that sex your plants, which was fun. Each one had a different way of doing it. I learned words like cotyledons, which I didn't know. Cotyledons are these first leaves that show up on a plant that don't look like any of the other plants' leaves. And um, so one of the testers you could send in just a cotyledon, which is like pops up within a two days or so, and they could tell you the sex of the plant. And the other method, you had to wait and get a leaf, then you had to smash it. It was way more labor-intensive. Uh-huh. And Did um, they both give you the same results? Well, I didn't test both plants with both companies with the same mm. plant. I used different ones because I, I wanted, I was checking, I was just, well, this is interesting. Yeah. And, um... And the funniest thing was is that my uh, helper, he had, had planted three plants because he could 
um, of some very special Mexican plant. And he, he just kept saying it's a Mexican plant called, I don't even, I can't even pronounce it. Waliac. Waliac. But no one, you can't find anything about it online. Anyway, so he swore by it up and down and he gave me one and he planted the other three. And I, I don't know what he did to his, but his all died. And so the one that he gave me, uh, last itself. I just, I got to know every single one of my plants. The two CB, pure CBD plants grew 10 feet tall. They were wild. And then some of them were just really squatty. Um, well, they're like, you know, our children. They all turn yeah, out differently. They right, all have their own personality. Right. They all have their own needs. I mean, and so my helper's Waliak, it bloomed. I swear to God, it bloomed in May. And then when the blooms kind of disappeared again, and we're all like watching it for months thinking, oh, I think it's going to die. And um, did fine. It, yeah, it it's did a good fine. smoke. It is a good smoke. It's a very mellow. And, you know, he's he's old. He likes mellow. So. Yeah. Anyway. So you had to share his flower that he gave well, you back to him. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Exactly. So th- in the last year and a half, I then moved on from making really outstanding salves. I, I finally realized the equipment, you need things, you need equipment that can be kept at a certain heat and do revolutions at the same time. And, um, it's and this is, well, yeah. and I'm going to yeah. say this, I'm okay. going to hit pause on okay. you for a second. Okay. So you are a perfectionist and when you're okay. going to make things, you want them to be like some professional grade product, even though mm-hmm. it's what's sitting on your shelf and you're using it on you and right. your husband and the kids and me and, every, right. you know, but somebody at home that just wants to make their own stuff, a magic butter machine or the, what's the other one you have? The, the Leva. Yes. Yes. When you made stuff in those, yes. they were still beautiful. They were. And they, they were. This is something I, I do intend to, to write about is to talk about the level of, of what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I, I ventured out. I, I've got this making the salves down. I ventured out into making different kinds of tinctures. And meanwhile, one of the problems with salves uh, are, is for people who have arthritis in their fingers. So you, you have to figure out something that they can put on their fingers topically that um, isn't greasy. So I, I started thinking about, wow, I could do something like hand sanitizer since there were hand sanitizer recipes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with something. I, I added some other things. And so I, I came up with another um, form of unguent. I, I call it a... Um, a pain-relieving gel? Is that what we're com- talking yes, it's about? Yes, it is a pain-relieving gel. So it basically comes out in the consistency of a, a hand sanitizer gel. Yeah. So it spreads around, but it's not greasy because it's got the uh, alcohol. Mm-hmm. And okay. so it opens your pores and it goes, it's very effective for pain. What is most effective is if, if you're in a lot of pain is to do that and then put salve on top of that. And so it goes into your tissues. It increases the bioavailability yes, exactly. of the cannabis. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you've just started exploring, making all kinds exactly. of stuff. And exactly. one of my favorite things that we do now, instead of having a regular happy hour around <laughs> these parts, we yeah. have mocktails on the porch. Yes. I first was attracted to trying to make a cannabis um, chocolate tincture. 
uh, a, a chocolate bitters, actually. And so I did research and I found out all the herbs you wanted for bitters in a chocolate bitters. And I made that and added cannabis. And that became wildly popular in my group of friends. And so then I ventured into making canicellos, I call them, with the citrus on our property. And once again, it's something I never really appreciated. Yeah. See, I love that. I like you being able to look at everything in your life from this new perspective, thanks to a, you know, developing relationship with cannabis. Yes. And, and I get to see it every time I come. You've got something new that you've created. You're excited about something else. You have another idea. And, you know, I just think so many people, they limit what that relationship with cannabis is based on, oh, I, you know, I use a vape pen or I go to the dispensary and I get my flower. And it's, you know, if somebody does have a green thumb or they do like DIY projects, you know, cannabis is a really, really fun one to start. It, it, it truly is. I mean, I mean, for instance, last night, I, you know, I'm 65. I hang out with three other people that are in their mid 70s. And they've all are really enjoying just putting a little canicello in their kombucha or their fruit juice. And people aren't drinking alcohol as much and everyone feels better. Yeah. And, and everyone it's really can walk, communal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you can walk in a straight mm -hmm. line. Mm -hmm. Yes. In fact, it, it affects my husband a great deal less than a shot of rye. Yeah. So I, um, We'll continue my love affair. I hope that it becomes federally legal soon. Amen to that. Amen to that. Now, I do want to touch a little bit on how Pete has evolved with it as well, because yes. he he sits there reading his book, watching you do all of your experiments, Correct. Correct. and then becomes a guinea pig. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so... Pete, he doesn't like to smoke cannabis, um, and in fact, he's he's always been anti-drugs because of some experiences in his life of other people in his life. Um, but you know, not quite cannabis is the gateway drug to heroin. But uh, you know, we never we were respectful of, of his feelings. Pete changed his opinion on cannabis when he saw what it could do for him pain-wise with the salve. I remember we first fell in love with a product called Green Frog. I mean, it was truly awful stuff. It, it was, it stained everything, but it was very effective. But it was like $75 for two ounces. It was insane. And um, so he was incredibly supportive of me just cooking and exploring. And um, he was always there to uh, build anything he could build for me. For instance, he did, he loves PBC and he, he made me a bong bowl holder out of PBC. Okay. He began enjoying vape pens and they just relaxed him. He wouldn't smoke very much, but he, he, I, it was amazing. It relaxed him. It seemed to kind of clear, literally clear his brain a little bit. And he enjoyed those a lot. And, and then that kind of abated and he got way too stoned one night on my strawberry cannabis compote on brie cheese. And <laughs> he, <laughs> that was a bad night because he has a hard time walking anyway. He slept in his uh, chair that night. Um, so I've, I've tended to stay away now from the edibles with him. I think that it may have something to do with his stroke. 
What he will do, though, and I guess it is inedible, is he very much enjoys about a half a dropper full of tincture in fresh juice, or he likes it in cherry juice in particular. And it is, it's just amazing. So he does that most of the nights, instead, in a couple of nights of the week, he'll have a little shot of rye. But the other nights, he has the cannabis, he's relaxed, he sleeps well, he doesn't complain of pain, and he still beats me at cribbage. <laughs> um, so, it, and, and on top of that, he, he's so happy when we start creating things. He, he supports me in every way. I love the magic of cannabis. I do too. And I think it's been magic watching your relationship unfold. And I mean, I remember Sabrina and I would, you know, have to hide and smoke <laughs> before we came in. And now we have like these little 420 family happy hours. It's amazing. <laughs> I, You know, I love it. My favorite is when my children have friends over and they come over to the cottage and I make them beautiful tinctured coffees. And some with cannabis, some not. I've made some cocoa rice. There's, there's just this world of things we can make on our own. And I don't know if it was the pandemic or just a new path in my life. Yeah. It's fun to forge new paths. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's not without roadblocks or growing pains but it feels good powering through them and getting on the other side and being like, wow, I did that. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I, I would love to be able to share these experiences with a lot more people. I think people across this country should start embracing the cannabis lifestyle. Yeah. I really do. And, um, and we have this yeah. beautiful little slice of the wine and yes. wheat country. And mm -hmm. I look forward to being able to share this with other people, too. Absolutely. Yeah. High five on that one. You too, girl. <laughs> well, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Is there anything that maybe we didn't touch on or book recommendation or something to get people um, inspired? I think if you just starting out and you know absolutely nothing. There is a woman, her name is Sherry Cannabis. I don't agree with everything she says and she definitely is plugging products and she's got to make a living, good for her. But she has uh, a series of instructional videos that really started me out. She can hold your hand, they're worth every penny and she improves them all the time. You can, you've got all these recipes. So I would say she would be the go-to place for an absolute newbie. All right. Well, I'll get that link from you and include it in the show notes as your recommendation. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks you for that. It. You got it. Now, are you ready to uh, get casually baked? I am me? so ready. <laughs> <laughs> no matter your age, I hope you're inspired to do hard things. I encourage you to look at cannabis as well as your own beliefs, habits, and obstacles with a fresh perspective that serves your highest good. Instead of being fearful, get excited to venture out and explore new things. And don't mistake the physical discomfort and agitation of trying something new as a sign that it's time to quit. Trust me, that fish out of water feeling, it's normal when you're figuring stuff out. I feel that way all the time. 
And it's certainly okay not to know where you're going when you start something. So practice being open to receive all of the lessons and answers you'll need along the way. And what's even cooler is that focusing and working through difficult moments and problem solving and developing new skills, that improves neuroplasticity, which helps keep our brains sharp. So stay curious, my friends. Never stop moving, learning, and exploring. And have fun discovering new ways to appreciate plant medicine for both wellness and overall quality of life improvement. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, help spread the message far and wide by rating and reviewing the podcast. I've been at this podcasting thing for five years, and I will testify that it takes a village to shine a positive light of awareness on the cannabis lifestyle. And your small action helps other canna-curious folks find this highly responsible cannabis content. So thanks for doing your part to Puff Puff Pass It On. Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.